everybody's talking at me I don't hear words they're saying are you sure you're ready? I'm ready now. Positive now. Sorry, Jeff tried to start the episode like five times, but I got stuck in a Spotify hole. Oh, what else is new? I get stuck in the internet holes. Yeah, anyway. all the time. Mostly it's IMDb. Or on Wikipedia. It's I don't get two. stuck in Wikipedia holes that often. I do. Because I'll look I'm, and I'll click on an artist's name. IMDb, I get and stuck in, in holes. Tumblr holes. Tumblr holes are nasty. Tumblr is deep. a hole. Yes, it is. In its own right. And it's just you just dive headfirst into Tumblr. Pretty much. Do you have a Coke I can have? I can, sure. Hello, everybody. Hi, everybody. I'm thirsty. I don't have my water bottle with me, and all I have is my beer, and I don't want to drink that. There you Thank go. you. Yeah, I'll have a can. This episode brought to you by Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. I wish. Yeah. Oh, Hi, everybody. <laughs> Guess what? I'm leaving that freaking silence. When this episode goes up, I'll be done with school. As we're recording this episode, this was my last day of classes. I have uh, an obligation, obligations tomorrow, Saturday, and Monday, Tuesday, and then I'm done. Now you're sure this is your done? Yes, your school, I'm right? done. <laughs> After how many years? And how many degrees? Three degrees. You have three years. degrees. Okay, I have three degrees. that's still very impressive, though. That's the thing. That's the thing. Thank you. That's still why it tops over. Uh, Anybody else? Pretty much. Anywho. Anyway, welcome. welcome to the movie. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the movie. Hello, Lindsay. Bye, Jeffrey. <laughs> Is it bad that this last week has been so stressful? I couldn't remember the last episode we did. I know what we did for the last episode, but I don't remember recording it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, wait, when did we do this last? And I it was, was only like a week ago. Yeah, Wasn't it, was a, it week a week ago? ago? It was a week ago. <laughs> I forgot what movie we were on. I started entering. I remembered. I did remember out of nowhere. I, I and started, what movie? I started entering movie uh, information for uh, uh, for Shane, and that was two movies ago. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but I'm like, wait a minute. This, I think I already did. Oh yeah, I already did this one. That's that's my fault. Sorry. So welcome to this movie, which is which is what. Midnight Cowboy from 1969. Not Urban Cowboy. Not Urban Cowboy, <laughs> which is John Travolta, and that's about dancing. I think I like that one better. <laughs> yeah, this was an interesting movie. Um, yeah. Rated X, for the record. Yes. IMDb says it's rated X, and it's an eight, eight, a straight eight out of ten. Eight point oh out of ten. And Roger Ebert gave it a three out of four stars. There is no Metascore. There has not been a Metascore for any of these movies while. in a while. I'm pretty sure once we get to top 20, there's we'll probably go back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure we'll get to them sooner, but I feel like the top 20 will always Me putting that on the table doesn't make sound, does it? No. Okay. We're far enough over. Okay, um, good. Yeah, this movie. Yeah, this movie. Um, yeah, you want to do your summary of it? Yeah, and let me... We'll... Uh... And then your thing, and then... Uh... So, uh, a native male prostitute and his sickly friend struggle to survive on the streets of New York City. Okay. Yeah. That does skip out I remember the word the gay in there, and it's not in there. Yeah. I thought I read that it was a gay prostitute, but never mind. <laughs> Apparently it's not. But... Oh, you, oh you're talking about Dustin Hoffman's character? Mm-hmm. No, John Voight's character. Oh, I thought you were talking about Dustin Hoffman's no. character being... No, I thought it was a gay male. I thought it was a native gay 
male prostitute. I don't know if I just stuck the word gay in there. I may, I don't know what just happened. randomly stick the word gay into your sentences? No, not reading? usually. I okay. try not to. <laughs> I mean, unless I'm having a conversation that involves that topic. Yeah, I'm not, like, just throwing the word gay around. <laughs> that's when I do I don't use it, like, derogatorily. No, no, no. <laughs> anything, I try not to at all. Um, what's, what is, what's, What's Lindsay's thoughts on this? Tell me, Lindsay. I want to attack Justin Hoffman with a washcloth and a toothbrush. Yeah. Yeah. Dude's got some funky-ass teeth. Yeah. He was sweaty, wet, dirty for at least three I've, quarters I of feel like I need to take a shower. Okay, that's not just me, then, huh? much, No. Yeah, because I feel that same way. Add that to my summary, too. I feel like I need to take a shower. <laughs> Or it's like seven. Because just oh. halfway through this film, you're just like, okay. And my hair's kind of got all windblown today because I was driving around with the car windows open because yeah. it's super nice out here now. And now I feel scuzzy. I just shaved mine off. Yeah, Jeff doesn't have any hair anymore. He shaved his head. You know what? Because I'm like, I was tired of my hair blowing in the wind. What was left of it? There wasn't a lot of You have there. maintained a lot of your hair. You have not lost a lot of hair since not. like 2000. Eight. You've probably been holding steady since like 2008. I, I, 2008 hit, and I'm like, fuck you, hair. We are going to get in line. I'm going to show you who's boss. And then the hair stood there, and it stayed. Thing is, is now that I've shaved my head, you can really see my hairline, like where it was. Yeah, like, but it's bad, it doesn't but, eh, Now my hair doesn't go. I don't have to wake up in the morning. My hair is there. It's fine. It looks good. I'm, I'm okay. I don't have Jeff a Jeff doesn't have an head. oddly shaped head or any like really? weird gashes and bumps or like moles and stuff. He's lucky. <laughs> Did do a thorough inspection. That's why, like, I'm worried if Colin ever shaves his head because I'm afraid Colin's head is weird underneath all his hair. <laughs> he you shaved his know. beard. Do you want to know what I said to him uh, when he turned around and got out of the haircutting chair? He goes, uh, I went, oh my god, it's so weird. I don't think I like it. Like, I couldn't stop myself. <laughs> so Colin and Lindsay are no longer together. That's a lie. <laughs> That's a lie. So, okay. so back to the movie. Hi, yes. kids. Hi. We're just talking at this point. I hope yep. you enjoy our banter. If you're still with us, you enjoy our banter. Sorry, this was also directed by John Schlesinger. Who I looked up some of the films he's Schlesinger. done. He's, he did stuff up until 2000 because I'm pretty positive he died in the early 2000s. He did, 2003. Yeah, I thought so. I thought he, he died. Stroke. He also is responsible for Marathon Man. With another Dustin Hoffman film. Which, don't we watch that? I don't know. I, for some reason... Like we he didn't do a lot of movies. Those are the two that most people are gonna know. What's the one he did in 2000? In 2000, the next bit, the next, next best, best thing, thing That's... with oh, Madonna and Rupert Everett. Oh, this movie. <laughs> Ew. Well, that must be a movie we need to watch. <laughs> Oof. Woof. This movie was not good. New Patrick Harris is in it, though. Ooh. Well, then automatically it's at least a 3 out of 10. The <laughs> 4.6 out of 10, actually, with a 25 meta score. See? <laughs> three three points because of Neil Patrick Harris. Um, so, okay, this movie. Let us let us discuss this okay. film a little bit. What here. number is it, Jeff? You've got the list up in front of you. Uh, I don't. This movie, well, we're, we're at number 43. Okay. It did go down. How many? It went down uh, seven spots. Okay. It was 36 in 97. Okay. So are we gonna talk about the movie now? Well, we I mean we can. That's fine. You know, I just feel like okay. Would you recommend this movie to somebody else? If it's something you're okay. Here, here's the thing. Easy Rider and this movie are kind of tonally similar. Yes, the plots aren't similar. 
the setting isn't similar, but tonally, it's late 60s, it's 1969. Granted, Easy Rider was earlier than that, but right. this is very much, um, and then I have a trivia effect about this, uh, Andy Warhol, like, that, like, going into the 70s, like, you can tell, especially the party scene, that when they go to that party with the salami and stuff, <laughs> um, it makes sense if you see it. Party but with the salami. it's really yeah, borderline, it. if anyone's ever seen the movie 54 with uh, Salma Hayek, Ryan Felipe, yeah, Mike Myers, Mike Myers yeah. you can get that early 70s oh, yeah. what ends up happening in the disco era you do you feel it when i say that that actually felt like it was out of 54 yeah that's actually a good point yeah. oh it's a good movie i like that mm-hmm. movie that mm-hmm. should be on this list it, underrated movie the, it's a good point you bring up the good point like it's that it's that transition era it's that time but, between it, even in the filmmaking itself mm-hmm. because what did i write down i wrote it down that this film when is taxi driver when it take when was it filmed? Yeah, wasn't that? I thought that was in like the early seventies, because that was before uh, Deer Hunter. Deer Hunter was the late seventies. Okay. You want me to? I have no, it. no, no, no. I, I got it. I got it. I got um, it. My comment that I wrote down. Taxi Driver was seventy six, and this is sixty nine. So it was eight years later. It feels or seven years later. Less dark than Taxi Driver because they both take place in New York. You can feel like it's still gritty like this is not like jeff said if i had the choice in 1969 between living in miami florida and living in uh new york York, he would pick miami i would have taken miami in a heartbeat because again you watch movies like the french connection yeah oh yeah that too in the gritty new york the real like the the pre new york the travel destination new york you know this movie is taxi driver is it's it's they're all these very specific like, this is what New York is. And the funny thing is, those are three completely different films. One's about cops, well, one's then about I taxi looked up, drivers, and one's and about And then I looked up Scarface to see when that takes place, because that takes place in Miami. Yeah. That's 1980. It takes place in 1980. It was so, released in 1983. So it's... Yeah. I wouldn't really want later. to live in America during this time period at all. No, Thank it you very seemed much. like anywhere between the late 60s and the early 80s just were like we came in right at the right time yeah we did <laughs> but like my, my comment about this film the way i see this film because you brought up easy rider yeah i'm fine with you not liking easy rider at this point but that was the first movie we disagreed on this is very true this movie what i when my comment about this film is that this movie is a flat out it's flat out at yeah. art house independent symbolism driven film at the heart with an attempt at being a Hollywood film on the outside. Yep. Because in, in it, it's a good point when you made the comment that it's that transition time in these films because half It's this that movie, artsy, like, not trying to cater to mainstream audiences. Right. This would, would, this would have been an art house flick. Yeah. It would have flat out been an art house flick. But, the thing but is, because like, there wasn't as much fractionalization of the genres as there is now... Mm-hmm. It wasn't an art house flick. It no. was marketed as a normal as a film. wide release, yeah. And the thing is, is the the way that the film is structured, if you took out about <sighs> Sorry, allergies. I'm sorry. A quarter of the movie, you basically there's a quarter of the film that gets really independent, really not lots grindhouse. Lots of symbolism. Lots of symbolism in it. They they use a lot of black and white for flashbacks and stuff like that. They go crazy that direction. If you removed all of that, the film would look like a normal little Hollywood drama. 
Like, it feels like it was an independent, and maybe it is, I don't know much about the director, so I could be wrong, I could be just stating the obvious, but what it feels like is it feels like the director was a heavily, heavily-ly, those are words. Heavily-ly-ly. Heavily independent filmmaker who's like, let's try to make a realistic film, but I'm still going to show my roots. Like, that's, that's the vibe that I got from it. It would be, it would be kind of, I guess it'd be kind of like... See, but even Kevin Smith didn't, like, in the midst of any of his films, show the real indie-based movies. So I can't even say that. That's that's weird. Anyways, sorry. I'm just going off onto a weird tangent. That's fine. But it's, it's, a, it's an interesting film. It's interesting what they did with it. And I don't know. I... Do you... What did, what did you like? What did you think about the movie? Did you like it? I liked it. I don't need to watch it again, okay. probably ever, but like I said to you while we were watching the movie, I had wanted to see this movie kind of yeah. for a while. Like, this has kind of been on my bucket list of, you see it, you hear it referenced and stuff like that, and I've never seen it. The whole I'm walking here thing was referenced. I'm was, walking here. We've already, we watched oh, Forrest Gump. I yelled that. And we watched Forrest Gump, and Lieutenant Dan referenced it. Yeah. So it's like, we're they're referencing the movie later on in our, so I, you have to see it. It is a definite must. So I don't like recommend us. it. It's not a feel-good movie. This no. is not a, hey, let's all is get it? together and watch this movie because it's awesome. It's a, if you're a movie. fan of film, you should probably see this movie. Yes. movie. And if you want to, you know, <laughs> see the references that other movies make yeah. to this film. It's a respectable film. Yes. I don't dislike it, but no, I'm not going to go on Amazon and order this so I have it in my collection. Right, right. Like I did with, you know, Philadelphia Story. <laughs> Ordering? No, not yet. I'm gonna. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but I'm Jimmy gonna. Stewart. God, Jimmy Stewart. Um, I yeah, I thought it was okay. I didn't hate the movie. Good, not great. Yeah, <laughs> good, not great. Um, I didn't hate the movie at all. You know, like I didn't, I didn't dislike it like I disliked Easy Rider. You Even hated. I Easy hated Rider. Easy Rider. This film, because I feel like there's there was enough of it. I don't know. It, I'm weird when it gets to the really over-the-top, crazy symbolism. Yeah, and but you know? this this is a little easier to digest than Easy yes. Rider is. Because this has a plot right, and, to follow. Easy Rider doesn't really. And they Right, and they used those moments where they went crazy symbolism and like art housing and all that stuff was used... In the context of flashbacks. Yeah, or it wasn't like, drug use. Yes, it wasn't, or yeah, like the drug use. And I'm like, got it, that's fine, because that is right, that's how I feel when you watch those, when I feel like that, I'm like, okay, obviously these are drugs, you know, they're on drugs, that's great. Yeah. All these are the flashbacks, things are crazy, got it. No problem, I understand when it's that way, but when it's just the entire film? Not so much. No, nah, not so much at all, sorry. Sorry, not at all. But, but yeah, I thought it was pretty okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> Please write Lindsay thought it was pretty okay. Yeah. What is it, that beer that we like? I think it's Supper Club. The label oh, yeah. even says it's okay. Yeah. Not bad. Or it's not bad. Because yeah. that was the first comment I drank it, and, and I went, it's, it's not, not bad. bad. And then somebody pointed out on the label, the label it says, says it's, not it's not bad. bad. I'm like, oh, yeah, look, at least the beer manufacturer agrees with me. Anywho, <laughs> Lindsay. Yes, Jeffrey. Uh, let me do my awards. Okay. Because then I have a bunch of stuff and things and a bunch of inflation nations. Sweet, and I have some trivia. Oh. Not a bunch. Not Surprisingly, a bunch. not a bunch. Lots of like, so-and-so was supposed to be casted as so-and-so, but so-and-so was supposed to be casted as... I, I'm not going to read all those, unless they're interesting. 
You just did. I didn't read them, read them. <laughs> All right, so the awards for this film. There were seven Oscar nominations for this film, a total of 38 total awards over the years. But there were seven Oscar nominations. So it was released to the theaters. It did remarkably well in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a box office success and then obviously got nominated. It was uh, nominated. It was nominated for but did not win Best Actor in a Leading Role for Dustin Hoffman. Best Actor in a Leading Role for John Voight. Mm-hmm. Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Sylvia Miles. And Best Film Editing. So that's what it was nominated for, but did not win. Funny quick side note that yep. I pointed out while watching the film. Which is also one of my trivia facts, is but it? you can ruin it. It's I'm fine. going to ruin it. That's fine. Future rule. I feel like if it has to do with the awards, I should be able to talk That's fine. Is that okay? Yeah. Did I you just give you a finger when you push up your glasses? No, I, I did, but not on purpose. <laughs> Subtle, Lindsay. No, um... Apparently you can buy... Philadelphia Story on Amazon Instant Video for a buck ninety nine. Then you should buy it. I'm gonna. Okay. But when I get home, and I'm sure that it's not just renting it. Oh yeah. Okay, continue. Um, so w- quick comment. They uh, there's a scene between John Voight and Dustin Hoffman in the last third of the movie. Where, just one. Uh, Sorry. Just one. They're only in the movie for like two minutes together. It's really weird, even though they're on the cover. No. Um, <laughs> they're they're together for the length of the I'm walking here scene. I'm walking here. And then the movie separates and goes its own way, which would be kind of interesting. Um. They, uh, there's a comment where they're talking about where Dustin Hoffman points out the fact that John Voight is wearing a cowboy outfit, and that's not what you do in New York, because right. those that those outfits are for the British term for cigarettes. Um, yes, I don't feel comfortable using that no, word. No, I don't like using that word either. That is used for the homosexuals. That's it's, not gay. It's, it's not the, saying the word it's gay. The it's the homosexual yeah, world. I just don't like using it. No, nope, um, I don't either. So he he says that's that's what it's used for. And John Voight John Voight goes like along the lines of like like what about John Wayne? Are you saying that he's one too? And the interesting thing mm-hmm. that I'm ruining from Lindsay is that that the year that they were both nominated for this film in which that line is spoken in, they lost to John Wayne for True Grit for Best Actor in a support in a Leading Role. So the irony here is that those two characters, two actors who were both nominated for the same role were up against John Wayne and they were making, not making for fun of. For True Grit. For True Grit. Just flat out a Western film. Yeah. So I just, I got a, I laughed at that when that happened because I was, I'd already looked up the trivia for it. Uh, okay, so back to the awards. Sorry, just a quick side note. Uh, the three Oscars that it did win for were Best Writing slash Screenplay based upon another medium, because it is based upon a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, best Director and Best Picture. Okay. It won Best Picture. It went up against Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Oh. <laughs> did not win. Uh, Hello, Dolly. Was that same year? So right there, look at the. Okay, so you have Butch that's Cass- a wide array of a. Uh... You, you have this film. Yep. You have Hello Dolly, which is still basically an old school. You say Hello Dolly, and musical. my legs start to hurt because there's an exercise <laughs> called Hello Dollies, where you basically recline until you're on your butt, and you put your legs straight out in front of you. Oh yeah, like yeah. Uh, at, an at an angle, and then you have to do this. <laughs> we used to do that in. Derby with our skates on. Yeah, forget that. Yep. Add an extra, like, five pounds to each foot. My legs don't go up that high. 
That was weird. Um, but no, you have so many... Sorry, I'm laughing at something on the internet. You have, Shocking, you, I know. Yeah, I know. You have this film, you have Hello, Dolly, and you have Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and you have True Hello, Grit. You have those four Dolly. films that year that were up against for awards. They're, those are four very wide, different movies. And for this film to be the film that won Best Picture seems kind of weird to me. Personally, I would have given it to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That's me. <laughs> Which I, I wasn't the biggest fan of. See, I liked that movie. I thought it was funny. Um, the other one that it went up against yeah. was a film called Z, which is a French language political thriller. This was before the foreign category? Existed? No. It was nominated for Best Foreign Film, okay. too. It was nominated for Best Foreign Film and Best Picture. It's one of the few times that that's ever happened. Why is happened. True Grit not up? Um, I don't know. I did not see if it. If it was between Butch Cassidy, True Grit, and this movie, True Grit True would Grit win True Grit would it. have won. Yes, I would give you that. The original, not the remake. Yes, not the new one with uh, Jeff I've Bridges. never seen the remake. Um, I'm sure it's fine, because it's the <laughs> Coen brothers, but still. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everyone should watch Fargo if they're not. And Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges is always just good. Jeff Bridges. Um, and then finally, the film was uh, uh, entered into the National Film Registry in 1994. So this film will forever be preserved for future generations. The film print quality looks kind of... <laughs> you can tell I'm just... Future generations! <laughs> I'm really caring tonight, can't you tell? <laughs> One of the Anyways. lines I liked was, I only get car sick on boats. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> not a lot of humor in this movie, folks. No. We had a run of some, well, no. We had It Happened One Night, which was funny. And we had Shane, which was not funny. Yes. We had Philadelphia Story, which was funny. And then we had Urban Cowboy, or Midnight Cowboy. <laughs> you should have said anything. I wouldn't have done it if you hadn't Sucker. said anything. <laughs> Fuck you, and there's your explicit tag. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love Sorry, it. Derek, if your children are in the room. I feel bad. I'm pretty sure we've explained to Derek to just I know, not let knows. his children listen. Shout out to Derek. <laughs> and Thomas. And Thomas. I'm sorry, you two guys. You're the only ones who love us anymore. So there's I that. feel, no, there's other people who love us. Just no one says it. Yeah, well. And I miss you guys. Derek You're likes also... my tweets on the Twitter, so this there's that. Oh, Bonnie and Clyde is next. Oh, God, I'm skipping ahead. So anyways. Stop it. We're ahead. not even done with this movie. <laughs> well, we're finished. You still have guys. to do stuff and things? I know I have a lot of stuff and things. Do you really have a lot of stuff and things? I have seven stuff and oh, things. Oh, that's not a lot. You've had 13 stuff and things. I know. I have a ton of inflationation. Because inflationation, I started grouping them together. Good. Thank you. Because it was the same amount. $10 happened a lot. $10. Apparently, everything in New York in 1969 cost $10. Yeah, apparently. And that's all anyone ever had. (laughs) It's annoying. Anywho, go ahead. Trivia. Trivia. Dustin Hoffman put so much effort into portraying one of Ratso's coughing fits that one time he actually ended up vomiting. Oh, damn. Before Dustin Hoffman addition... I don't even know what that word was going to be. <laughs> Words are hard. I'm so fried. Before Dustin Hoffman auditioned for this film, he knew that his all-American image could easily cost him the job. To prove he could do it, he asked the auditioning film executive to meet him on a street corner in Manhattan and in the meantime dressed himself in filthy rags. The executive arrived at the appointed corner and waited, barely barely noticing the beggar less than 10 feet away who was accosting people for spare change. At last, the beggar walked up to him and revealed his true identity as Dustin Dustin Hoffman. Hoffman. That's pretty damn impressive. Dustin Hoffman, American treasure. (laughs) Dustin Hoffman kept pebbles in his shoe to ensure his limp would be consistent from shot to shot. Oh, that's clever. So it wasn't just fake. 
interesting. So I have two, two contrasting opinions for the infamous I'm walking here line. Okay. Contrasting opinion number one. Rizzo's famous line I'm walking here was scripted. The location was at 58th Street and 6th Avenue in Midtown Manhattan. The scene called for the taxi cab, driven by a stunt driver, to turn east onto 58th Street from 6th Avenue as Dustin Hoffman and John Voight, walking north on 6th Avenue, cross 58th Street. Dustin was to then yell at the cab as it almost ran into him. The scene was rehearsed, and then the camera and sound rolling, the shot was then filmed. There was a pause, the cab reversed direction, backed up onto 6th, stopped, then proceeded to turn again onto 58th as Dustin and John once more crossed the street. This happened several times, each time attracting a larger and larger crowd of curious onlookers. The camera was set up just to the north, and the crew seemed to be greatly amused as the film filming disrupted morning rush hour. <laughs> Contrasting opinion number two. According to Dustin Hoffman himself... The taxi incident wasn't scripted. During an LA Times interview in January of 2009, so five years ago, okay. he said that the movie didn't have a permit to close down the New York City street for filming, so they had to set up the scene with a hidden camera in a van driving down the street and a remote microphones on the actors. After 15 takes, it was finally going well, but this time as they crossed the street, a taxi ran a red light. Hoffman wanted to say, hey, we're shooting here, not only from fear of his life, but also from anger that the taxi driver might have ruined the take. Instead, being the professional that he is, he stayed in character and shouted, hey, we're walking here, and made movie history. John Voight also backs up this version of the incident, saying that seeing how well Hoffman was handling the situation, he likewise stayed in character. Likewise stayed in character. I like the second one better. I like the second one better. The second one is the one that I hear more often as being the truth behind it. Yeah. Which is what I was saying when yeah. we were watching it. Yep. Which, and as I pointed out, when he shouts, hey, we're walking here. He loses he the jersey loses. at or whatever weird accent. Yeah. Because you know, he normally talks, he talks mm-hmm. very much so like. This, Through his nose. His nose nasally. And when he yeah. does that, granted, he, maybe his character was just mad. And when he's mad, mm-hmm. he exudes more energy. But it sounded like the moment he yelled at him, he sounded like Dustin Hoffman. He did not sound like Rizzo. He sounded just like un- he broke character and then right. went because then like as soon as they they got back together and he's like oh well you know forget yeah. him don't worry about him like right back into that whole character right. again which then made me question as to whether or not that was actually a character he was like was Rizzo just putting a con on Joe the yeah, entire time I don't know. like that's where my head started going yeah well. then I started realizing this movie's not that deep no The film was rated X, meaning no one under 17 admitted upon its original release in 1969. But the unrestricted use of that rating by pornographic filmmakers caused the rating to quickly become associated with hardcore sex films. True? True. True. Because of the stigma that developed around the X rating in the rating system's early years, many theaters refused to run X films, and many newspapers would not run ads for them. The film was given a new R, meaning children under 17 must be accompanied by a parent or legal guardian rating, in 1971 without having anything changed or removed. It remains the only X-rated film to ever win an Oscar for Best Picture to be shown on network TV, although the R reclassification had taken place by then, or to be screened by a sitting U.S. president, Richard Nixon. Nah. Richard Nixon's a perv. No, I'm just kidding. I'm like the poor. 
This film contains the first use when of the word... When does Dustin Hoffman get naked? Gross. <laughs> the film contains the first recorded use of the word scuzzy, which I used this evening, is it, it is, as a description of Ratso Rizzo. At its root, scuzzy is apparently a combination of scummy and fuzzy. It's like hangry is a combination of hungry, hungry and, and angry. angry. You are so hungry that you're angry. This is a first world problem. This is the first I took the problem. BuzzFeed quiz. It's a first world problem. Oh, God. BuzzFeed needs to stop. Um, Justin, Ho- yeah, they kind of do right now. Really uh, I remember stop. when they used to just do like nostalgia lists. I was fine yep. with that. All these quizzes are getting out of hand. Yep. Dustin Hoffman's performance as not a yawn. That was an intake of breath. Dustin Hoffman's performance as Ratso Rizzo is ranked number seven on Premier Magazine's 100 Greatest Performances of All Time. Ooh, interesting. like, while you say you forgot it was John Voight, I forgot it was Dustin Hoffman a lot. It's the same with Hook. I still, to this day, I have, I saw Hook for the first time like 20 years ago, probably. Well, however long ago it came out. I still can't see Dustin Hoffman through Hook. He's that hidden in that character. And I didn't know that, um... He just died. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Oh, you're talking. Uh, you're talking Eddie Valiant. Yeah, you're talking uh, Bob Hoskins. Yes, Bob yep. Hoskins. Forgot he was Smee. Oh yeah, Hook. he was Smee. Yep, that's yeah. where I know him from. Most people, I I know him. I know him as Eddie Valiant. I mean, from I do too. Who Roger but if Rabbit. someone had told me it, it was, was Bob Hoskins, was I would have gone to Smee. Yeah. Smee, Smee. What about Smee? Smee. Smee. Wait a minute. Smee. Smee, Smee. What about me? Um, Lee Majors was originally cast as Joe Buck, but had to pull out when his TV series The Big Valley was renewed for another season. Oh, okay. Really? Lee Majors is hot. Sorry. <laughs> Friends. Hey, the uh, anniversary of the finale of that show was yesterday? Yes. Ten years? Yeah, it's been ten years ago already. That's crazy. Um, this is an interesting list. We should do a special on this one time. Okay. The 100 greatest movie performances of all time. Do Maybe you... that can be the next episode, or next round of episodes we do. Yeah, because that's actually kind of an interesting list of people. How many of them would we have to rewatch? Um, There's a lot of different films. Oh, on. good. Like, that's exciting. Edward Scissorhands. <gasps> I love Edward Scissorhands. But like, like, what did I just... Malcolm X is on here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big. Yay! Like... This is an interesting list. I know this makes me much happier. This list, Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Gene Wilder's number nine. This is a this is definitely more our kind of list yeah, right here. We should have done this list. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, everybody, we're stopping the podcast. Jeff, stop it. We're well, gonna do this list. Number hundred is a clockwork orange. Malcolm McDowell? <laughs> yes. Well then we have to re- we won't have to rewatch it. But then Steve Martin, the jerk, is number ninety-nine. Not a bum. I'm a jerk. <laughs> Well, this is interesting. I'm sorry. Keep going. Okay. On the occasion of the film's 25th anniversary in 1994, Dustin Hoffman revealed on Larry King Live that when the movie was first previewed, the audience started to leave in droves during the movie theater gay encounter between John Voight and Bob Blatt... Balaban. I let you do the trivia because it's all the big words that nobody knows. Bob Balaban is in, like, all the um, Christopher Guest movies. He's in Best in Show. He's in Mighty Wind. Look him up. Okay. And you'll know who he is. Uh, Bob, B-A-L-A-B-A-N. Balaban. Oh! Yeah, he's the guy with the glass. Yeah, it's his first movie Holy ever. Holy crap, I did not recognize him. Yep, I didn't either. Oh, I totally know who you're talking. Oh, yep. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a fun fact. 
One studio executive sent J- director John Schlesinger a memo stating, if we could clean this up and add a few songs, it would be a great vehicle for Elvis Presley. Presley wanted to be taken seriously as an actor and was interested in the role of Joe Buck. Presley went on instead to do Change of Habit from 1969 with Mary Tyler Moore, which bombed and became his last theatrical movie. That would have been weird. My face is doing a thing. I can't make it stop. It hurts. <laughs> Your face is trying to close. <laughs> that would have been weird. Elvis Presley as, as John Voight's character. I don't... I don't know. I have to um. I don't know. About correct that. my uh pronu- pronunciation of what I said in the uh the thing. Remember, I said a native male prostitute. Yes. Yeah, it's naive, not native. The double dots not over the eye. I missed it, and I'm looking at it, going, "That's not right." You know. Hi, I'm special you know, and stupid. I apparently. was gonna I was gonna question you about it because I'm like, well, he's not native. That's why. That is why I thought when you said that. The, the native the native gay prostitute yeah I took it as Dustin Hoffman was the native because he's from right New York. that's right. how I took no, it I meant naive but people on the internet apparently can't format with the double dot over the eye even though it's not that damn hard the double dot <laughs> it's an umlaut for the it's record. an umlaut I know what it is actually it's in French it's something different remember we learned all the mm. The dots and the yeah, accent. And I still can't remember the, all the accents. The, the, Circumflex is the little roof one. Yes. Yes. I was just going to say accent the, the down Accent v. grave. Oh. Circumflex. Is the, is the five. Which okay. is Spanish, technically. And then, I think it's La Trema. I think is, is the double dots. Sorry, Jeff and I took French in high school. Womp, womp. Warren Beatty was very interested in playing Joe Buck. But Schlesinger thought he was too famous to be believable as a naive street hustler. That's where I realized I read the word wrong. I'm like, what? Um, if you glance at it, it looks like native. Your yeah. brain kind of puts the T in because the 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 I the double dot's not there. Yeah. <laughs> Bob Dylan wrote the song Lay Lady Lay for the film, which is on Nashville Skyline, everybody. But didn't complete it in time for it to be included on the soundtrack. Let's see. By the way, I hope everybody enjoys the fact that uh, this episode started with a song and not with a quote from the movie. Yep. Because... Jeff will get to it. It's in stuff and things. I'll get to that. It's in stuff and things. Um, hold on. I gotta find... We're being very... We're being very, uh... We're, we're making fun of the movie, basically, with this yep. episode. <laughs> I almost feel like the song should just randomly pop up in the middle of the episode, too. It might have. Maybe it already has at this point. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to stop laughing like that. Um, teenage girl fans of The Graduate from 1967 would scream when they saw Dustin Hoffman filming in the streets of New York, even though he was in his filthy costume as Rizzo. That's so weird. I'll have to look up how old he was at this point. Because um, as you pointed out, this is the third Dustin Hoffman film that we have already wa- that we yep. have watched on this list. And we I think we have... I think... There's one more. Okay, so Ruth Gordon, who I don't know that name, made a rather hard-to-believe claim that she was offered the role of Joe Buck's trampy grandmother, but turned it down because it conflicted with another acting job. So her grandma was supposed to be... His grandma was supposed to be kind of a creepy tramp because I got that vibe. That's the vibe I got from the beginning. Yeah, there's a lot of weird... But, uh, the flashbacks in this movie will make your skin crawl a I lot. I was a little weirded out by the film. Mm-hmm. That's why I thought it was just okay. And lastly... Harry Nielsen wrote the song, I Guess the Lord Must Be in New York City, specifically for this film. But John Schlesinger preferred a Fred Neal song, Everybody's Talkin', which Nielsen had previously recorded. 
Other songs considered for this movie were Randy Newman's Cowboy and the previously mentioned Lay Lady Lay by Bob Dylan. The, um, what'd you say the New York one was? The... I just closed No, it's it. fine. It's fine. The That's the one that... It's weird because... I guess God must be in New York City? That song does I not, guess the Lord must be in New York City. That song does not fit. I mean, <laughs> lyrically wise, yes, because they, they, they touch on that in the film. But, I mean, that song is far too happy for this movie. Because that song appears in um, You've Got Mail. Which may or may not be one of my favorite romantic comedies of all time, and I'm willing to completely admit that. You really need to watch the episode of Undeclared where they watch that movie. I love You've Got Mail. I It's Tom Hanks, and it's Meg Ryan, and it's technology that's completely fucking out of date right now. And that's why it makes it so damn cute. Fair enough. And then the ending is so sad and happy at the same time. Like, oh, It's bittersweet, or it's... No, like, it's it's just like, it's like, it's so, it's so cute that it's happy and it's sad. And it's... Don't cry stuff, girl. Oh, it's so cute. I love it. That's why I seeked out the score, not the soundtrack, the score to You've Got Mail. <laughs> I have the score to that movie. I just movie. judged you with my eyes. You did just judge me, but you know what? Damn it, it is a good, fun, happy, upbeat, jazzy kind of score. It's good. It's kind of cool. So, with that, because I know Lindsay's done, because she said it, finally, let yeah. us move on to, what should I do first? Inflation Nation or Stuff and Things? Stuff and Things. Stuff and Things with Jeff. All right, number one. In reference to the comment we made two minutes ago, Harry Nielsen said, Damn it, my song will continue to play on loop for the first 15 minutes and you will like it. Yep, pretty the much. Song plays. That is why this that's why and I made that decision almost nearing the end of the movie, because it plays the first 15 minutes, it plays at least four times. Um, randomly pops up throughout the film. And like you made the comment, it's the only song in this movie. That's not true. It's almost the only song. Yeah, everything in the else film. is di- dialectic. Where it's coming from dialectic, diegetic, diegetic. Coming from the uh, coming from like the devices that like the radio he's using yes. and stuff like that. I don't remember the actual term. You want to look at? I just used it in school this week too. Diegetic. We've used it before in previous films. What movie was it that we watched? It's one diegetic. Of the, one of the, I don't remember what what, what movie it was. Diegetic. Recently, that you that did that too. Oh, Freaking frack. Oh well, if you think about it, let me know. I'll look at the list. But no, so that's the reason why this movie. That's why this episode of the podcast. That's how the episode starts, and that's how the episode's rear gonna window. end. It's rear window. Oh, that's right. It was rear window. That's right. Rear right. window and maybe streetcar. It might or have it was s- one of those two. It might have been Streetcar. I think I don't it was Rear their... Window. I know it was Rear Window because it was the music of... Yeah. And, and it's not counting the opening and ending credits. Right, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. Because the guy living across the, the piano player, David Seville, living across the street... That's played, right, David Seville. <laughs> he, he played the piano and played the score and stuff, so... All right, so number two. So the grandma storyline at the beginning seemed strangely creepy, as yep. we already discussed. Number three... Man, the 60s in New York City were really fucked up. Uh, Number four. Apparently the only movies playing in theaters in the 1960s in New York were low-budget public domain films. Because walking past a sign during the beginning of the movie, the movie poster for the film that they were showing, I know for a fact was a public domain, I am spacing. It was uh, one of the Hercules, like really bad Hercules movies. And the one in the movie theater scene... The, the sci-fi movie yeah. is another science fiction public domain movie because it was done on Mystery Science Theater. Nice. <laughs> and that's why I recognized it. 
Um, the whole plot is like he gets shot into space and he gets shrunk down on a planet and he falls in love and then he realizes he's got to escape and then grow back up to his normal size. I don't know, this is a stupid yeah. movie. Funny on Mystery of Science Theater, not so much there. Uh, number five, Dustin Hoffman is not Rain Man in this movie. No, no matter what No matter says. how hard you think. Nope. Number six, how dare Joe's grandma not tell him she's dying? Yeah. The nerve of her. <laughs> she died without telling me. That bitch. <laughs> Which was my Without comment. letting me know. Yeah, without yeah. letting me know. It's like, come on, dude, seriously. And finally, number seven, in the last five minutes... The movie became the opposite of It Happened One Night. It did. Because <laughs> in It Happened One Night, they were going from Miami to Florida on a bus. In the end, they were going from, sorry, Miami to New York on a bus. In the end of this yep. movie, they're, they're going, going from the New York way. to Miami on a bus. Uh, <laughs> it Happened One Night was about two people separate coming together. Yep. In the end of this one, it was two people together going separately. Um, one real quick thing that we didn't bring up. Yeah. Um, because we were talking about it. Uh, Rizzo, the rat character from The Muppets, Rizzo the Rat, Yep. Uh, was in fact based upon Dustin Hoffman's character Ratto Rizzo in this movie. <laughs> Looked it up. And the funny thing was, is after after uh, seeing that, uh, whenever I saw Dustin Hoffman act in the movie, I saw Rizzo because he had big yellow kind of teeth, the big nose. Big always, scuzzy rat teeth. Yep, kind of had, kind of had like an overbite to his mouth. He, oh, he looks like a rat. And I'm like, that is hilarious. That is, and that's why I mean, that makes sense because it's like, well, you know, Rizzo talks with like that nasally Brooklyn accent. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. Okay, now we'll move on to Inflation Nation. Inflation Nation. All right, so for this one, kiddos, I have a bunch. Good. A, a lot of the same amounts of money were given for different products, so I kind of just or different things, so I just kind of grouped them together for a couple of them. So, all right, $20, very common one, it was happened at least three times in this film, was the amount of money Joe gives uh, Cass for a taxi ride in the beginning, also the amount of money that Ratso sold Joe's services for near the end, $128.77 nowadays. Okay, that seems a little better. A little better. Than 20 bucks. And 20 bucks. Jeez, I have 20 bucks, like, in my wallet. I don't really. You could just get... I do. I have a check in my wallet. What do I look like, a bank? No, I'm just, it's, Who's I got... frame, Roger Rabbit reference. Eddie rest gets a check peace. and rest he, in peace. he shows the rest in peace. Pour some out guy, on the curb for my homies. I would, but it's my carpet. I don't want yeah, to have to I, clean my it. My coke's up. gone. Uh, Ten dollars. Amount of money Joe gives Ratso for his original help. Also, the cost for their clothes at the rest stop near the end. Sixty-four thirty-nine. One. And he said clothes were cheap. That's a yeah. lie. Well, he said I think he said clothes and everything I got. So there oh, might okay. be more than just That's the true. clothes. Uh, he did get an entire outfit. That's true. For two people. That's true. That. One dollar okay. uh, was the amount Joe's grandma left him in 1948. Okay, so there's a really quick shot of Joe's grandmother leaving him a dollar on the mantle and then leaving. Joe looked, I took a guesstimate, I'm like, Joe looked like he was nine. Okay. They made a comment that he was 28 or 29, so I okay. just threw it 20 years back for There that. you go. That's so smart. this is the only time out of the whole Inflation Nation where I used a different year. Mm-hmm. Everything else was 1969 based. So a dollar in 1948 to nowadays, 99.28. She left him a hundred dollars. And then left. Okay. 64 cents was the amount that Ratso had in cash on him when Joe you confronts him You conveniently skipped the amount Joe offered the guy to give him a blowjob. Well, I'll go back to that one. I completely skipped over that one. 
Not convenient. <laughs> I didn't mean to skip over the blowjob. It was an excuse for me to write blowjob blow <laughs> on the podcast. Blow um, Jays. So twenty-five dollars is the amount. The twenty-five dollars is the amount Joe, uh, Joe offered the guy to give him a blowjob. Yeah, is a uh, hundred and sixty. No, that's how much the guy was supposed to pay yes, him for yes, yes. giving. Yes, yes, I tried. I couldn't word it. Correctly. Joe offered the guy to give him a blowjob. No. He the guy was gonna have to pay him twenty five yes. bucks to give the amount Joe the guy was to pay Joe beach. for the his for the beach yes okay hundred and sixty bucks got Jesus I need to start doing that apparently gross Anyways, no 64%. Jeff you will find a job before then come on I don't know I'm really broke man. <laughs> Um, Goodness, it escalated quickly. <laughs> yes, it did. Well, we brought blowjobs into it. Explicit <laughs> tag. Say blowjobs one more time. I just did. Oh, okay. Uh, 64 cents was the amount Ratso had in cash on him when Joe confronts him in the diner. That's $4.12. 40 cents was the cost of the fresh coconuts, which you strictly pointed out I to did, me Jeff, while 40 I was cents. typing it. Uh, it was $2.58. $5 was the amount Joe got for his radio at the pawn shop. That's $32.19. Actually, now that I think about it, it's not bad for a used radio. No. 32 bucks to give no. you would nowadays I'm pretty sure they would give you five dollars for the used I just radio. bought I bought well, not just a couple months ago, this winter, bought a new like alarm clock radio thing. I think I paid ten dollars for mm-hmm. it. And it has a little mood light that changes colors. Joe's did not have a no. mood light. Maybe if he he had a mood light, he would have gotten more money for it. It's an ambiance thing. I'm starting to become Mr. Craps. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> My voice is going weird. <laughs> um, oh boy. Hi, SpongeBob. No, okay. $9 was the amount Joe gave Ratso after donating blood. <sighs> I assume that's where he got most of the money. Yeah. Equivalent to fifty-seven ninety-five. That too. Uh, oh, and then $1. I like how I didn't open my mouth. I just went... It works. Maybe <laughs> it's very tiny. Anyway, so narrow. also a dollar <laughs> flat. Also another dollar uh, Mount Ratso wanted in taxi fare. So six forty four for that. Oh, that's why. That's why I did it differently. So a dollar in nineteen forty eight. Stop doing that. We <laughs> said blowjobs to me. It's gonna <laughs> happen now. A dollar in nineteen forty eight was ninety nine twenty eight, and then a dollar in nineteen sixty nine. Twenty years later, right? Was six forty four. That's yeah. how much inflation it blows. dropped. Um, and then finally, the last inflation nation. Inflation nation. Thank you. The the amount Joe said he needed to take Rizzo. 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 Ratso Rizzo. Ratso Rizzo. Um, the money that Joe said he needed to take Ratso to Florida. $366.99. So 57 bucks became mm-hmm. $360. So anyways... That is all for me. I am I am done. That's everything for Stuff and Things and Inflation Nation. I like the name Stuff and Things. It just sounds... I'm pretty sure I say Stuff in. I, I'm just saying Stuffing at this point. I'm not even saying Stuff and. Stuff and Things. I'm just Stuffing Things anywhere I can go. We just got... We got into a weird topic now because we mentioned blowjobs far too many times. Blowjobs, blowjobs, blowjobs. Well, there was uh, 40 people who listened to the podcast. <laughs> See, why weren't we doing a video one for this one? <laughs> Swear to God, if we were doing a video one for this one, we'd have a lot more listeners and watchers. <laughs> you really shouldn't put it at that angle. I don't know why that's the, the like gesture for that. Doing this? Yeah. Ow. Yeah. <laughs> It hurts my tongue. <laughs> Me either. 
just go, this went in place. What happened? I we need to wrap up this episode. Well, we're pretty much done at this I know, point. This is um, a long one too. What is uh Lindsay? What is the Jeffrey. next what is the next uh, movie? Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde. You know what? I nineteen sixty seven, so two years earlier than this. With Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty. Beatty. Not Beatty. Beatty. I said <laughs> I said Beatty earlier, don't worry about it. Um Warren Beatty, Faye Dunaway, Gene Hackman. I am oh another Gene Hackman movie. I have not seen Bonnie and Clyde. Gene Wilder! Oh, he's in this? Yep. I have Gene not seen this movie Gizzard. in years. I've never seen this movie. Like, this has a meta score. Ooh. Oddly enough. And then you know what the movie after this is? <gasps> original King Kong. Oh, great. No, no, original is not bad. Original's not bad. Would you like to know the summary for Bonnie and Clyde? Sure. Give the summary for Bonnie and Clyde. A somewhat romanticized account of the career of the notorious violent bank robbing couple and their gang. And maybe if I have time, maybe. I can read their chapter in Public Enemies and give you the actual rundown of what Which would be interesting. Down. It'd be interesting to compare with the actual, because this yeah. is... Public Enemies, which is the book that the movie was based on. What? Is this one of the... F- this wasn't one of the first, like... No, because Forrest Gump had a historical things in it. I was trying to think of, like, whether... No, and then All the President's Men was historic. Yep. I was just trying to think of this as one of, like, the first, like, majorly historic films. But we've already dabbled across all the ones that were based upon true stories. Yeah. So it would be interesting for that. For that, yeah. Maybe if you have time to go over it, yeah, not maybe. not obviously read the entire chapter about them on the air, but just read it yourself. And is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'll read it myself and bring back okay, the information good. I have. <laughs> Bonus episode where Lindsay reads the entire chapter from Public Enemies. So what with that, Lindsay? I have the audiobook for Lawless. I can play that instead. <laughs> That's a different time. It's a bonus hour and a half episode that's just... It's much longer than an hour I and a half. I figured we'd condense it or cut it no. or stuff. Whole thing. Okay. What is county in the world? Well, folks, let's uh, <laughs> let's enjoy the next 28 hours of listening to Lawless and Book on Tape. Yeah. And then we'll... <laughs> It'll be awesome. We'll come back. We love it. We'll come back later. No, so with that, Lindsay, I'm done. I'm done, too. All right, cool. I'll go to bed. I'm tired. Well, what is that, then, Lindsay? Go. It's all uphill from here. And good night, Radio Rahim. And good night to C.K. Dexter Haven. Yay! C.K. Dexter Haven! I purposely wrote it down at the end of my notes. I still want to say C.W. Dexter Haven. It's C.K. Dexter Haven. Is it because of C.W.? Yeah, the network. Ah, yes. I was going to go G.W. Griffith. No. But I'm like, C.K. Dexter Haven. C.W. Griffith, and I'm like, that doesn't make sense either. C.K. Dexter Haven. You have to announce it like that. You should enunciate it differently each time we do it. Okay. C. C.K. Dexter Haven. C. Dexter Haven. You can. C.K. Dexter. And the episode has just gone completely. Everybody enjoy it. This episode has been off the rails since we started it. But you know what? Best episode ever. Yep. Anyway. It was the best episode ever. It was the best episode ever. Oh, that was a great Thing 61 went, oh, episode. Oh, oh. Thing it went, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a One Direction song. Oh yep, my god. This is stopping. No, yep. We're done. Alright. Hello, Internet Dwellers. This is Jeff Bell, president of the Ghost Hat Network, here at the end of this episode to give a quick plug about some of our other exciting shows. But wait a minute, Jeff. You have other shows? Why, yes, random listener, we do. If you head over to ghosthat.net, you can find a heap of shows we produce on a semi-regular basis. Like Super Happy Fun Time, the podcast where Colin Kirchner and myself sit one-on-one and talk movies, TV, video games, 
and other big things we care about. The Midnight Sleuth, a comedy detective mystery show in the style of old-time radio that follows the adventures of Midnight Sleuth and his partner, Linda Talbot, as they solve crimes, stop the bad guys, and poke fun at the source material. Famous Person Storytime, a podcast where celebrities retell their favorite nursery rhymes or fairy tales as best as they can remember it, even if that memory is completely wrong. So if you're in need of some new shows to listen to on your commute, while working out, or simply relaxing at home, be sure to head over to ghosthat.net now and subscribe to our shows. For more information about this and other projects, visit our official website at www.ghosthat.net or like us on Facebook at facebook.com ghosthat. Thank you.